Blog Talk Radio. This is that feeling that you get right before you pull into the water box or right after you do your burnout. Check them straps. Pull your neck a little bit. Take a couple deep breaths. You're bumping it in. And you let go. Well, this is the top of the bottom and you know you crushed it. You get the 500 foot out and you start beating the pedal out of that thing. You get to the finish line, you knock on the drop on. Whatever you do, this is that feeling right here. Comments or opinions stated, expressed, or implied are not necessarily those of Wheels Up Radio or its sponsors. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Founded in 1968, Sassy Racing Engines, your supercharged Hemi Superstore, has become the preeminent builder of not only Hemi tractor pulling engines, but drag racing engines as well. Their engines have won over 40 NTPA Pro Pulling League championships, including the 2014 East Coast Pro Comp Association Drag Racing Championship. Can't find what you're looking for? Be sure to check out their large inventory at www.sassyracingengines.com or give the shop a call at 603-529-2814. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas version of Wheels Up Radio Live. Uh, before we get into our show tonight, I was sent some information um, about a local racer up here in New England. Um, his name is Bob Bar- Barabo. Um, he raced at New England Dragway, Lebanon Valley, Oxford Plains, and Winterport since 1982 and actually ran Oxford Plains Dragway with his wife for a few years. Um, he runs a charger by the name of, goes by the name of Quarter Flash. Um, unfortunately, Bob's time 
with us is extremely limited. He is terminally ill. Um, they are doing an event, and it actually just got sent to me. It's going to be, let me just, I like literally just got sent to me. Uh, it's Sunday at 11 a.m. Um, I'm going to read right off the ad. Uh, we're getting together to show our love for Bob Barabo. Uh, he needs his racing family now. We'll do a short parade to his house, park for a while, and if you can, and do a burnout on your way out. Please just make sure it's done in the driveway and not on the street. Um, more details will be uh, coming about the meeting place in the next day or so. So I'm going to be sure to um, post that on the Wheels Up Radio Facebook page. So thank you, Kate Stoddard, for sending that to me. Um, so it always, always sucks when you lose you know, a racer. I've never had the honor of meeting Bob. Um, but a lot of people up in Maine know him quite well. And uh, like I said, that was sent to me the other day. So, with that being said, welcome to the Wheels of Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are so happy that you have joined us tonight. We're glad that each and every one of you has survived Thanksgiving. And if you're one of those kind of people that decided they had to go out shopping Thursday night. First off, the question is, what the living hell were you thinking? Was it worth it? Did you enjoy it? Did you get what you wanted? Um, my lovely wife decided that she was going to participate in sitting at the store for three hours waiting for something to go on sale at 6 p.m. And I just kind of looked at her and said, you're not expecting me to stay here, are you? I will admit I was curious to go look and check everything out, see what was on sale, but I didn't start till 6, and we got there like 3 in the afternoon after we had um, Thanksgiving lunch with my mother-in-law and her husband. Um, but she sat there for three hours, like the good little trooper she is, to get what she wanted. And she got it. She said the uh, the brawls and the inclusion of the SWAT team was minimal. Um, but she is, no, I'm good. All set. Thanks. Take care. Now, bye-bye then. But moving on, as, as we like to say at a Monday night show, and we digress. Coming up with us tonight, Charlie Benson from this wonderful state of New York, um, runs a uh, supercharged alcohol-burning front-engine dragster, um, he runs a few different classes. He runs Pro 7.0, Top Dragster, and um, recently just came back from uh, the trip to Dragstock with that wonderful-looking supercharged front engine, bright yellow. I almost say it's Corvette yellow, maybe just a shade lighter. But real nice-looking car, awesome group of people. Um, they're actually related to our own Aaron Williams. Uh, but Charlie's going to be joining us about 7.30 to fill us all in about, you know, racing a variety of classes in the same car. Obviously, with Pro 7.0, you know, it's an index class. Can't go, you can go slower, but you can't go faster. Much like the, uh, the Pro Comp stuff that I'm involved with, um, with John Card Racing. Um, so we're going to be talking to Charlie about 7.30. And I know uh, our man... 
uh, Ground Force 2, Aaron Williams, is going to be taking his uh, lunch break so he can tune in and check it out. So, with that being said, uh, I suppose we should uh, include the man, the myth, the tri-state legend, Mike Buff Daddy Carr. Good evening, Chris, and everybody out there listening on Wheels Up Radio. Um, little comment about, you said about your wife going shopping on Thursday, and I seen a picture last year on Facebook. It says, only in America will people spend three to $400 on a tent so they can sleep on the sidewalk to go save $30 on a television. It kind of sounds stupid when you put it that way, doesn't it, in a way? Well, I, I, have, I honestly, as of, until last year, I have never in my life gone out Thanksgiving night to go shopping. I had no interest in doing it. Could care really give a good goddamn less. But for some stupid reason, last year I got possessed and uh, told my wife, I said, let's go, and of all places to go, Walmart. So let's go check it out. I got to see it. I want to see it. And of course, the main reason I wanted, really wanted to go was there's a Bass Pro right across the uh, parking lot. And they were having a sale on jeans, and they were $10 a pair. That was my, cool, I'm going to go buy like 10 pairs of pants. And, uh, of course, Bass Pro wasn't open Thanksgiving Eve hell. So we walked through Walmart. I, you would have thought that there was like a uh, the biggest police action in the universe going on. There were, you couldn't turn a corner without seeing a cop. And I just was there the, before because I know I'll forget about it if I don't talk about it. the Hatchimals last year were like the kid toy, uh, you know, of the year, the one that people were like killing each other for. We saw two adult males literally throwing punches at each other to get one of these stupid ass toys. You know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I really just can't fathom throwing punches with somebody over a friggin' toy. Yeah, really. In my luck, I'd run into somebody that was a amateur boxer or MMA guy, and I would literally get knocked the bleep out. Get the holy hell kicked right out of you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but, yeah, so she stayed at Actually, at Walmart for uh, three hours, got what she wanted. And I said, I'm not picking you up here. I said, you're going to walk across the street. Call me when you're ready. I will come get you, but I'm not coming here. So that was uh, my Thanksgiving night shopping experience. Dun, dun, dun. Wait a minute. Hold on. Dun, dun, dun. We need dun, dun, dun. I still feel like I'm fat and happy from Thanksgiving, too. But, again, we digress. So, 
whole lot of news has broken over the past few days. Obviously, there's stuff going on in the fuel side of universe. Shocking, I know. Um, but let me go to the NHRA Division One website. Uh, the national event category schedule has been released. Do you have said schedule in front of ye, Michael? Mike? Um, I can pull it up here in a second. I I did hear I read about <clears throat> the quotas were released and um, you know what events. You know, Super Street is remained at uh, one national event per division, which some people don't like, and just different things. You know, I suppose what's good for one is not good for another, or vice versa, and everything. So, um, I don't I'll tell you what. This is what I want hand, you to do. This is what I want you to do. Can you find the 2017 quotas? Uh, pretty sure I can. Be a you googly, Mike. I know you can do it. I think I found it. I think you found it. Just if if you do have the seventeen quotas, just for fun, I you read. 2000s, we'll start obviously right at the top at Pomona number one. You read across for all the quotas, and I will read the 2018 one after that. Uh, this is the wrong. That's the release of one. Each race opens up for entry, so that's not the same. Let's see. But I thought, you know, some of the quotas for the event, somebody was even commenting with a Division One racer and said the quotas were very low for English Town and Maple Grove. So apparently not much changed as far as the quotas of a of a given race, but um, you know, with the different thing about, you know, they try to keep the schedule compacted and they want to get down to the semifinals and finals only of the traditional sportsman classes, so you know, I would say just you know, keep the quota at 80 or 90 cars, just you know, you know, adjust the schedule and you can still get down to, you know, four cars, three or four cars in each class. And I think I found the quotas. If I can get my computer to cooperate and not just give me an all-black screen. I know somebody, I think it was Kelly last week, was saying about the NHRA site is rather messed up at times and you know all I have is a black screen for that alright well we'll work on it um, let me take a quick peek here let's see 
see, let's see, let's see. All right, I have the 2016. Let's roll. Let's go with that. My God, the print could be any smaller. All right. What I will do is I'm going to send you through the power of Facebook the link, and you can do that. And like I said, we can still compare them. Let's see. Charlie Yannetti may... Oh, okay. Let's see. Where are you, Mike? I'm here. No, I was looking for... Uh, where, where, where is... This is our own bad game of Where's Waldo on Facebook here. There's Mike. All right. Through the power of Facebook, I am sending you a link. Granted, like I said, this is the 2016 ones, but that is okay. It still gives us something to work off of. So, when you have that open, kind sir, would you please tell me? Doing the same thing when I click on it, it's just an old black screen, so I don't have it. Okay, hang on. I will go back. All right, so 2016 national event quotas. Obviously nothing for the fuel cars, pro stock, whatever. All right, super stock, 70, stock, 70, super comp, 70, super gas, 70, um, Nothing for Super Street, Top Dragster, Top Sportsman. Nitro Harley is 16. So, this is the same event, Pomona number one. This year, it's 65 for stock, super stock, super comp, super gas. No Super Street. Top Dragster is 36. Top Sportsman is 36. No Pro Mod. 2016 Phoenix. 60 for stock, 60 for super stock, 70 for super comp, super gas, 40 for super street, 36 for top dragster, 36 for top dragster, 16 for nitro Harley this year, 65, 65, 65, 60 for super gas, 45 for super street, 36 for top dragster and sportsman, and again, still no pro box. Uh, Gainesville, 65 for super stock, 70 for stock, 70 for super comp, 70 for super gas, and top dragster only, 36. This year is 65 for, I'm sorry? I was going to say, yeah, this year they dropped super gas to 65, and I've heard it said that a lot of times NHRA bases the quota off of how many cars were there in years past. So if, say, the last two years maybe Supergas was down a couple, 
that might be why they reduced it to 65 this year, whereas Super Comp is 70, Stock is 70, Super Stock's only 65, and I, there's no quota for the factory stock showdown or top fuel yeah. Harley. So, you know, Pro so Mods is 28, but every year. Go ahead. Keep talking. I say about Pro Modify, we, we've talked about it before. Pro Mod fills up pretty much every race where they enter. I think they run 12 or 14 races. And somebody last year made the comment, why don't they add Pro Mod and make it all 23 races, like Pro Stock, like Nitro and stuff. And a couple of people had said that the Pro Mod racers that said they don't want to do more than, you know, 14 races a year. And I suppose if you did add Pro Mod to every race, you would have the same kind of thing like Pro Stock where you're lucky to get 16 cars show up for a field, whereas the way they do it now, it's nothing to get 24, 28 cars in Pro Mod on a somewhat limited schedule. And if you look at last year, Pro Stock Motorcycle was pretty full every race, but Pro Stock Motorcycle also only runs, I believe, 14 maybe races and not all 24. So maybe there's maybe there's something to that. Right. It seems to be fairly close to what it was two years ago, except I couldn't find the, um, the uh, 2017. I mean, I'm sure it's out there. It's just a matter of last minute trying to find it. But yeah, that so that was released. National event category schedule, um, quotas and the pro and sportsman schedule was released. Now the one thing that I was shocked about, I was told that there was going to be top dragster at New England this year by a reliable source, and after looking at schedule, not so much. Different events. Uh, somebody I saw on Facebook said that they're, they're having, I think, four or six factory stock shutdown events, but they're not having one of them in Division One. They took it away from Englishtown or Maple Grove or, you know, Epping doesn't have it, so... I guess for the racers with those cars, you know, if you all, every racer I imagine has a little bit of a selfish side and, you know, I'm sure up your way, Chris, you'd love to see every class at Epping because, you know, I don't know any, you know, what you guys, Epping's probably about the only national you would hit during a year. Am I, am I correct? Within a reasonable driving distance, yes. The next closest national event to me is Maple Grove and then um, Englishtown. Yeah, so you or even racers that live up where you do, of course, you if you have a top dragster, top sportsman, or any class that doesn't run every national event through the year, like Super Gas, like Stock, you know, yeah, you want to see it be at Epping because from up, you know, where you're at, it's got to be more than a few hours to English Town or Maple Grove or both. 
So if Epping doesn't have your particular eliminator competing, now you have to, you know, put on some miles and do a little bit of traveling. Very true. It was interesting. One of uh, the things I read was people were saying, a lot of people said it, and a lot of people agreed with it, that it's a national event. Every class should run at a national event. You know, that's kind of like supposed to be the the creme de la creme, the, you know, the be all end all of, you know, your class racing in front of this gigantic crowd and all these people. And, you know, why not include the whole fam family? But obviously that's not true. I mean, I understand parking is an issue. Space is an issue. Um, if there's a will, there's a way, I'm sure. Well, back when I was, I've always considered myself at the time a semi-professional touring spectator back in the 90s. And I remember one year, I think it was 1994, at Maple Grove. Hey, Mike, let me me interrupt you for just one sec. Um, i got to step away. I think our guest is calling in, so I will be back in just a minute. So the floor is yours. 1994, the Keystone Nationals, cars were parked out. A friend of mine was put out by when I could sit by his trailer. He had a box truck, and I could watch them do the top-end interviews with the pro stock and nitro racers. And this is back way before everybody, almost everybody, had a motorhome or a stacker trailer or both. And so I can definitely see, you know, having almost put quotas just on pit space because the one year at Maple Grove, they had 126 super stalkers were on the sheet. And there was even some rain. A couple of people might have backed out. And uh, now they set the quotas at half of that. So people that were there and look at it and say, wow. They have half the superstar cars they did 20 years ago. Well, they could probably right. get 126, but when they set the quota at 65, it's not really people staying away. It's they're kind of forced to stay away because the quotas are so low. All right, now I got to step away. The phone's ringing again. I will be right back.
All right, boys, what we're going to do is we're going to grab a commercial break, and we're going to be coming back in just a matter of minutes with our first guest this evening, so stand by. Founded in 1959, S&W Performance Group is known worldwide as the leader in drag race chassis development and innovation. Their custom-built, award-winning S&W race cars are used by many of the leading NHRA and IHRA professional nostalgia and sportsman race teams. Their 27,000-square-foot headquarters houses a full line of affordable chassis kits, roll bars and roll cages, suspension parts, rollers to complete race cars, and much more. Specialized made in the USA bolt-on products by S&W Race Parts. Are you looking for reliable auto repair, a place that genuinely is invested in your auto care experience? Southern New Hampshire Undercar has you covered, from basic auto repair and maintenance to custom exhaust work. Owner Dan Christopher has been in the auto business for over 20 years. You can look them up online at southernnewhampshireundercar.com or give them a call at state of florida joining us we also have joining us our guest for this evening uh the driver of one of the coolest supercharged alcohol burning front engine dragsters in all the northeast land uh please welcome charlie benson to wheels up radio live how you doing charlie how you doing chris very good very good excellent excellent um obviously you know you know this this freaky guy named williams oh yeah Thank you. Oh yeah, Aaron's a great guy. <laughs> we we have we have a lot of fun at Aaron's expense, but he takes it well. That's why we keep him. Yeah, he's excellent. Crime always wheels up. That's right, baby. Um, and of course, I got to introduce my co-host every week. Uh, please say hello to Mike Carr. How you doing, Mike? Good, Charlie. How are you, sir? Very good. Very good. Excited to be on your show. Oh, thank you very much. It's always it's it's fun to to sneak up and take pictures of you guys at the track. So <laughs> yeah, you, you you do a very good job. We get tagged in quite a few of them. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, so I guess the obvious question is, how long have you been racing, and what got you going on it? Well, Bad Boy Racing uh, really originated um, back in the eighties. Um, my father was a Grand Prix hydroplane racer, so we raced Grand Prix hydroplanes in the 80s, and after they went to a lot of different rule changes, we stepped out of the out of the hydroplane circuit, and uh, we started with a nostalgia dragster, and we began we began our career with uh, with a carbureted carbureted engine, got our license, and uh, quickly stepped up to the supercharged engines that we were running in the Grand Prix boats. And from there, we uh, we just went on and on and on. And, 
you know, the, the drag racing is, is, is kind of a disease. You just want to go faster and faster. And the, the, the nostalgia dragster really lends itself to, to the stuff we want to do um, in, in those means is that um, we always drive ourselves to be better, faster, quicker. Um, we'd like to build our own stuff. Um, everybody can buy stuff out there. It's already done. Um, we build everything ourselves. Um, matter of fact, my, my good friend Mike, Mike at Quality Machine Shop in New Paltz does all our engines, and uh, I work side-by-side side with him, and we build them all. I have different engines uh, for different classes. Uh, we run a 7.0 uh, engine. is a 509 cubic inch uh, with a 671 supercharger on it, alcohol-injected. And uh, that brings us right into the 7.0 area uh, without stressing our big motor. Our big motor, uh, we were running Pro Comp um, up in Epping, and we were running Top Dragster and putting on some shows as of recent, and that's a 540 cubic inch motor with a 1471 high helix uh, supercharger uh, with 14-degree wow. uh, big chief heads, yep. which is qu- quite a step up. So to, to be able Absolutely. to run the different classes, to be able to run the different classes, we uh, we change engine combinations. Hmm. Um, cool. Now, yep. Uh, pretty much everybody at ProComp runs rear engine drag. Dra- rear engine dragsters are the dominant car in ProComp. What yes. made you want to stick with the um, the front wheel the front wheel drive? I said it again. The front engine dragster combo. Well, the front engine dragster, there was there's some funny cars and there was some um, neat alters and stuff like that that were involved in pro comp, and um, we got drawn into that. And Dana Dana Hard runs that operation up there, and he does a really good job. But unfortunately, we we just can't run the number of 620, so we had to step away from the pro comp because the competition is just too fierce. Um, right. As far as Top Dragster goes, I mean, Top Dragster is kind of a struggle for us. We we have won some rounds in Top Dragster. We've qualified in the middle of the pack uh, most times um, at Top Dragster events with NHRA. Uh, but, you know, in order to run a Top Dragster, uh, you know, bracket race, you know, you really need to see the front end of the car. And with a, with a front engine Dragster with the big engine in it, you really can't even see the front wheels. So to be able to race the end of the, the end of the line, you really got to know how long your car is, and you got to be able to judge the wall in the line, and be able to to race the end of the track, which is extremely difficult in a top, in a front engine dragster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, as far as as far as uh, running the number, most of the times we can run the number pretty well, and that's what we have to rely on. We can't rely on uh, going too fast, you know, and letting off. Or slamming right. on the brakes. We, we we don't we don't race like that. Front engine dragsters don't like that to begin with. So in order to keep right. everything safe, we just run our dragster through. Cool. Yep. Uh, now the one of the cool things that I I enjoy about your car is the fact that you you have the ability to run numerous classes. You're mm-hmm. not just kind of pigeonholed into one class. Again, we've seen you in Pro Comp. We've seen you in Pro 7.0, and obviously the nostalgia stuff, which is even more huge because it's a front-engine dragster. It's three times. Fourth time I'm going to smack myself. That's okay. 
we we've actually <laughs> run in in when we first first got into the um into the supercharge engines we were making some trips to Indy when the good guys were had the shows and yep. we in 2001 we actually won uh top fuel B um they had a they had two fuel classes an A and a B the top fuel B was the cars that couldn't make the cut for the A and Linda Vaughn was out there uh and she drew a name out of a hat of the class so it doubled doubled our prize money, and it, they actually picked our class. So we actually won won the event. I actually won uh, racing Ron Hope with the uh, Rat Trap in the finals, and we beat him. And uh, it, it's just been we have won some events, and we've had a good time, and we've met a lot of great people along the way. The nostalgia circuit with this, with these cars, every event, even I can't say enough about Top Dragster with NHRA Division One, um, even those guys. Even when you go there, it's it's like a big family. Everybody helps each other. There's no animosities. There's no you know you're you're not as good as me. It, and I like that. And and to be able to go to different racetracks and experience those kind of people is what keeps us going. And be able to uh, to be able to do this. I mean, I have a fantastic crew. I got my brother Tim, my wife Raffaella. I got the Dolans, Jack and Jack, up in uh, Massachusetts. Those guys, mm-hmm. without those guys and their wife Sue, I, there's no way. There's no way we could run this car as much as we do. Um, so you know, I, I I have to plug them a little bit because they are fantastic up there. You know, and their brother Joe fills in at times also for our crew, and we just have a wealth of people that just real quality people to be able to be at the track with us, and that makes cool. it much easier. Now, backing up to your car a little bit, why don't you tell us a little bit about the car itself? Sure. Our car is a 1999 Robert Sterling chassis. It is a top fuel chassis. It's 225 inches long. Um, It was built for a gentleman, Lance Osborne, in California. And they, they campaigned the car for like a year. And then the car sat. And I, then I ended up picking it up, and I put it together. It, it was run with a clutch. That My chassis, uh, they actually won the spring Good Guys event. I think it was in 99 or 2000. They won it. It was a 641, I believe. Um, that's, what they, that's what they ran, and they, they won the event with it. And, but the funny car thing was coming on strong in California, so nobody wanted the front-engine dragster, so we picked it up. And out here, there is quite a few, quite a few of them. It's just getting them all to the same events is the issue, you know. And there is a club now that I'm involved with. It's called the Northeast Fuelers, and the Northeast Fuelers is a great group of guys we put together uh, by Jim Cummings. Um, we're putting on some shows. We we appeared at the Dover reunion uh, last fall. Uh, up in Lebanon Valley, and we gave him a show up there. Um, I ran a gentleman, uh, uh, Jeff Lawrence. Uh, he's got the Black Diamond Dragster, very, very, very yep. fast small block. But the, our car runs a uh, two-speed power glide. Uh, if we run top dragster, we'll put a delay box in the car, but we don't use that for nostalgia events. Um, it's, it's. I mean, it's just a very simple, very simple car. There's nothing, there's not a ton of electronics in it. 
um, we just it's it's just built and driven by us. I mean, we we can't we can't put a lot of electronics in that there's really where I don't know where you're going to put it. <laughs> I have to sit on right, that right. <laughs> <laughs> now you recently came back like about a week or so ago from um, Dragstock. Yes. Down in uh, north, down, down in, in Rockingham, south? North Carolina. Rockingham, okay. Yep. Um, Rockingham, North Carolina. Is that now? Is that your first? Was that your first trip to Dragstock? Yes, it was. That's our first trip. Um, Larry Morgan and Jeff uh, really put on a good show. The ADRL uh, was was great to work with. The people, the the staffing at the track, all the people that attended the event. There was other uh, there was other front engine dragsters we talked to the the south the south put on the south invited us down pretty much um they brought their best of their best and believe me those guys were pretty quick and uh we ended up we ended up uh besting them so we we kind of call it the north is the north is uh, one and the south is zero right now as far as the alcohol front engine front engine cars so, but uh, those guys—they put on a heck of a show. There was the fans were fantastic. You know, we like to when we take our car to the track. I'm not one of these people that you know puts the car aside and doesn't let anybody near it. I let anybody near it they want. Um, if you can fit in it, you're more than welcome to sit in it. Um, I, I put all the kids in it. We have hero cards that we hand out. Uh, we want it. We want the fans to be involved. And without the fans, none of these races would ever exist. So right. you know, it, that's what that's what we try and do. You know, we try and put on a decent show, whether we're racing. You know, I like to search out the quick eights, the quick sixteens, but unfortunately, a lot of the tracks don't see the value in that anymore, and uh, we don't get to do very many of those. Right. Now, what are the what we were hoping would become the, one of the premier nostalgia events up here only lasted two years. What do you think, as a competitor, and as a fan even, doomed that event at New England? I think what's dooming the event in New England is the distance of travel for the participants. Because these nostalgia cars, um, they are they're few and far between in the east. When you go west and deep south, you will find a lot more of these cars. Um, and I think that the distance is really what's killing it. Uh, New England is by far the best track I've ever raced at. They really do do a great job of preparation, um, fan base, um, announcing, photography. You you name it, they are great. I mean, Richie Corey up there, he kills it with the pitchers. I mean, they do a fantastic job. And I don't know, I, I just wish that there was maybe more incentive for these guys to come across the country. You know, I think this nostalgia event, um, instead of getting wound up in so much of purses and winning and losing, I mean, everybody wants to win a race. But you know what? To get all these cars together as a reunion is worth a lot more than some prize money. 
I think that if they if they structured the event around maybe a little bit of tow money, these guys might be able to make it. Right. Um, that that's just my opinion. I mean, everybody loves to win the race. I mean, I understand the fuel cars. I mean, they they got to get paid. They got to get a decent purse to come up this way because they a fuel car is going to come from a very long distance because there's they, those are very few in the Northeast, if any. Mm-hmm. You know, but that that's, right. that's other my than take cackle on that. cars, yeah. Other than the cackle cars, which you're always going to get, um, you, there is a bunch of them around. My friend Brian Darcy had one for a while, um, but that but that's gone now. I believe that's in Texas. You know, but uh, the the tow. I mean, it's just the tow for me to go around to Rockingham for us to make that trip. I mean, you, I probably burned, I don't know, seven or eight hundred dollars in diesel fuel. To go down right. there plus a hotel, you know it's it's expensive, you know. And even yeah. for the, you know, for these guys to travel that far, they're looking at the same thing. And, and I, and I believe that tolls and everything else. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the tolls up this way. There's no tolls down in the south. There's hardly any tolls going west. You know, it's just all up here in the northeast. I mean, for for yeah. me to go south, if I take 95, it's it's going to cost me 75 dollars in tolls each way. You know, I mean, and I don't mean a nickel and diamond, but once you start adding that stuff up, you know, it, it, it's costly. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, we went to uh, over the summer. We went down to Cecil, for we got invited to come down for the Mid Atlantic Dot Ninety Association pig roast. And I mean, mm-hmm. even just driving my wife's car, the, I mean, we filled up once on the drive down and once on the drive home, but we spent over thirty bucks each way in tolls just for our yeah. car. Right, and I'm pulling a triaxle yeah. trailer with, with, with a diesel with a diesel sucking pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, and a lot a lot so of these I, bigger guys they have motorhomes that are getting five miles to the gallon. Yeah, you know, so you you start adding that up, and that's big money. You know, I met I met a guy down in uh, Rockingham. Uh, his name is Stephen Godwin, and uh, he only lives about 45 minutes from the Rockingham track. So I mean, for him, it's like me driving to Lebanon Valley, New York, because Lebanon, yep. Lebanon Valley is my home track. Right. You know, so for those guys, it was it was a decent drive. But for us to come down there, I wanted to go down there to experience, you know, the southern the southern racing. I wanted to get on some different different track. I wanted to see how the prep was, which they actually did a very good job. Um, and down there, safety they don't cut any corners. It's very good. Um, it, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a really big event, but the ADRL did a great job, and the, the, the track safety crew was excellent. Now, have, did you hear any rumblings about maybe turning this into a north versus south? You guys went south. Maybe next time they come up around here somewhere? Yes, we have been talking about that, actually. And uh, I, I'm going to insist on a meeting uh, very soon we're going to have the Northeast Fuelers. Uh, I want to have a meeting with the Northeast Fuelers. That's our gro- that's our group up here, and I want to have a meeting with them, um, maybe Skype or something like that, or just a just a conference call with some of these guys from the South, so that we can put together a program. And that, I think every sir, I think everybody would benefit. Yeah, everybody would benefit that from it. That would be it. awesome. Yeah, I think I think that would be really beneficial, and I think tracks would love it. I know the fans would love it. 
because it, it, it's events like that where we can let it all hang out just just like a front-engine car should. You know, none of this bracket stuff. I mean, I don't mind running a bracket. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of, a lot of people that love it, but I'm not a big lover of it. I will do it, but I really just love to ha- let it all hang out and just make it better right. and better and better every time. And that's what all these guys want to do. So, I mean, we we have a great group of guys that that want to, that have the same same passion that they want to they want to be able to be the best they can be. I mean, I've seen a lot of guys over the years, you know, going to these different races and from out west like Brendan Murray. Brendan Murray's taught me a lot, you know, just watching him. You know, he runs a fuel car now, but you know, I envied him when, when I was out in India. I watched him, I watched him, I watched him all the time. And, you know, it's guys like that that they just they drive and they, they, they want to dig deep and get more and more and more. And that's what I want. And I want to do it. I want to do it on us. I want to be able to invent and build the things that make our car go better, you know, just by invention. That's awesome. I totally you know, they, would be in to helping with that, man. I, I, I'm a child of the mid the mid '70s drag racing. I'm 48 years old. Uh, I started going to New England when I was like seven. So mm-hmm. in my eyes, I was I was in the middle of the heyday of drag racing. Yep. And I totally dig that scene. I I really do. Yeah, I mean, it's just I think I think I think this needs a revival. I think we're on the tip of getting it. I we just have to hang out a little bit longer, and hopefully everybody will be a little bit patient, and we we'll, we will get there. The cars are out there. We just need to get them together. And right. I think I think if we structure it properly, I think we can get these cars together. You know, Jim cool. Jim's done a great thing. Jim's done a great thing with the Northeast Fuelers. I mean, I think he's he's really onto something. I think the club can be very good. Um, we just have to, we just we just have to do the north the north south thing is a big deal. You know maybe that can be oh, in absolutely. Virginia, maybe it can be in in uh, Cecil. You know uh, I would love to see it up here in New England. I would love it. I mean I think the track the track is great. Lebanon Valley is great. I mean all these tracks up here are stellar. Maple Grove, I mean they're fantastic tracks. You know, Englishtown, Englishtown has a lot of restrictions because of the noise, so that may be an issue, you know, and uh, I don't know if you'd be able to get pull something like that off during their uh during their summer race, but you know, because it gets so crowded down there. Right. But right. I think it I think at other events, I say I I think that these tracks would really benefit from it. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um all right, well, with that being said, what I'd like to do is kind of pass you around to the boys and uh, let each of them throw a couple questions at you. Um, sure. Mike, let's go ahead and start with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm only 38 years old, so I wasn't here for the quote-unquote good old days, but I've read Don Gardot's book quite a few times and watched videos and heard stuff of the old days, and I'm sure I know there's a hell of a lot better safety equipment now than back then, but did you have a, ever have a close call or anything with, you know, a front engine car, you know, a supercharger explosion or something? Uh, yes, actually I have. Um, I have had, I was running top dragster. 
at English Town, and I lost a wrist pin at over 200 miles an hour in the lights, and uh, it it made a mess, and there was oil everywhere, and oil went all over the shield, and and you know you just you just can't panic, you have to trust in the safety equipment. I did not did not start on fire. Um, I was I was happy about that. Uh, we were able to get the car stopped because we had a diaper. I mean, everything was caught in the diaper, so I didn't lose anything under the car. So I didn't have to. I didn't cut a tire. Uh, I didn't go sideways. We were able to stop the car safely. The safety equipment is there for a reason, and that's the number one thing when you run these cars. If there is not enough safety, if the safety equipment is not up to par, these tracks will not let you run, and you should not be running it anyway. I mean, the, the amount of fire suit that we have and the, and the 20 pounds of fire suppression that we have on board is is plenty to put out anything you need to do. Um, but the diaper, I, I credit the diaper, uh, the diaper rule for uh, for keeping us upright and and being able to stop the car. I have lifted a blower a couple times um, halfway down the track. Uh, I've, I, I mean, I've lost traction a couple times and uh, you know the, the trick to a front engine dragster is you know you have to be really careful of restabbing that throttle because when you hit the loud pedal a couple times you never know what it's going to do I mean, you, that car's got to be pointed straight if you want to get back in it try and beat your opponent you better make you better make darn sure you're straight or that car is not going to like it and I, I've almost crossed the center line and I never did but I have clipped the cone but uh no i i knock on wood everything's been safe we've always we've always made rounds we've never crashed a car um the parachutes always came out so we have not had any kind of those issues except for the one uh, well a couple times oil in the face but the one in english town was pretty heavy i had to actually i actually had to flip the visor open a little bit and rely on rely on seeing down the sides to be able to uh, get the car stopped I remember in his book, Don Garland said a couple times that um, back uh, probably the mid-60s, an oil line, something came loose, and he had to wipe, reached up to try to wipe, manually wipe his visor, and he crossed the center line and got into a two-car accident. Neither one of them were hurt, thank goodness. But, you know, it takes... Um, I'd have to say, and I mean this with all due respect, a different kind of person <laughs> to race the kind of car like you do because, you know, there's more more things that can happen to your car than would never happen in a rear engine dragster. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, look at it, I look at it a different way. I look at it like I'm facing my mistakes because if I make a mistake building that engine, I mean, we push metal, to begin with, we push metal to the limits that, you know, metal doesn't want to be pushed to. And if you can't, if you don't have the mindset of when you turn the key on one of these cars that it's going to blow up, you shouldn't be doing it. Because it's not a matter It's not a matter of if, it is when. Because it will happen. Even though if you build it the best way, metal does fail. And, you know, you have to be prepared for that. You know, every time I get in that car, my heart is beating about 300 times a minute. And uh, I say a prayer before I sit in the seat every time. You know, I know that I prepared the car well. My crew, you know, Jack and Jack and, you know, my brother Tim. I mean, I know that they did everything they had to do before we before we light that fire going down the track. 
you know, and, you know, front-engine car, you're sitting right on top of the rear end. I mean, your legs pass over the top of that rear end. That's part of your seat. And your legs are straddling that straddling that transmission and driveline. So all that stuff has to be, it has to be up to par. Because I, I don't want to get hurt. I do the best I can to, to make sure no, nobody else gets hurt because of my mistakes. You know, which, you know, I, I bet you I've lost... I may have not been able to compete maybe four times in my whole career from from uh, from failure of parts. You know, we've done very well with that. You know, my machine guy, he does not t- cut any corners. Mike, he takes his time. Everything gets machined. If it, you know, it, it gets done right. You just can't. You just can't cut corners. You know, as far as the darn Gartlets, the darn Gartlets uh, stuff, I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> he's kind of my idol in a lot of ways. And uh, as of late, and uh, Chris, Chris can probably attest to this, I've been doing uh, the peace sign burnouts now at a lot of yep. tracks. So, I, you know, I, I've been getting comfortable enough that I, I can I can start the burnout put my two fingers up in the peace sign and be able to do a Don Gartless peace sign burnout, which a lot of people like, and they, you know, they see the pictures of that and they're just amazed. It's just, he's kind of, kind of one of my heroes. Well, he brought it into the modern era. Oh yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he, and he still has a great passion. Oh, Absolutely. And it's it's interesting to to read this stuff about the, uh, you know he he he's able to take what he's done from the past and take it and still apply it to what he's doing in the present and in the future. I mean specifically like the the electric dragster, you know yes, who would mind, think that somebody his stopped. age, yeah, who would think in all reality somebody his age would be like all right yeah we got to build this thing from scratch. Oh by the way it's going to be powered by by these batteries and I want to go 200 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, but his but it, so. that's the inventor. That's the inventor side yep. of him, and that 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 is never stopped. And that's what I really like about the sport. It's constant invention. Absolutely. You know, I'm a mechanic. I'm a mechanic for by uh, by trade. I actually work on UPS trucks. I'm a mechanic for for Big Brown. So you know, it's kind of it's kind of therapeutic for me to be working on the different stuff. You know, instead of working on the big brown wheelbarrows, <laughs> as as we call them. That's funny. You know? um, yeah. How about it, Aaron? All right. Hey. Yeah. Before I go, uh, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I was going to mention, you know, um, of course I knew it was a tribute to to the big Don himself with the peace sign. Um, I was going to bring that up, uh, and I, I see you do it a lot nowadays, um, especially when you did it for me two weeks ago while I was watching you. Um, Thanks, brother. But this, yes, sir, of course. And and just to see your evolution with Bad Boy Racing, and I remember when Dad actually told me, you know, um, your cousin Raphael's husband is, you know, is at the track, you know, racing. And, you know, I didn't know what car it was or anything because I've never met him before. And, um the first time I met him, it was it was like we, you know, known each other forever. Um, and I'm glad I, to see that you're doing well nowadays. And um, the evolution of it is coming full circle, and you're turning numbers like turning cartwheels. 
Well, I, I have to tell you, Aaron, you know, I I respect everything you're saying, and, you know, I, I respect your dad, and uh, God God rest his soul. Um, he actually, he actually, in the short time I knew him at the track, uh, he actually has actually taught me things too, you know, as far as, you know, staging the car, how to race my opponents. Um, he, he actually gave me a lot of tips. You know, everybody, everybody that you come in contact with, with drag racing, if you can learn one thing from them, just one, you're, you're a better person. You know, everybody has something to offer. You have to listen. And, you know, your dad spoke volumes. Um, he, even with him just, just being a fan, he would go down and he would sit, on, sit at the top of that track and he'd be, he'd be down there on a golf cart up, uh, up there by the circle track and he'd be screaming his head off. And that yeah, was up great. Loser Hill. <laughs> yep, it was great. It was great, you know. Yeah. But, yes. But thank you, Aaron. No problem. That was dad. That's what he enjoyed to do. And not just for his his racing family, but especially when, you know, he had family that he knew was actually in the sport too. Um, yeah. He felt, he felt, um, I don't know, more honored to do it because it's family. It's um, family. The the winning circle pitcher is one of my favorite pitchers with all you guys in it. I wasn't there. I was working that day. But, well, your dad was uh, there. Jaden was there. Dad, mom was there. Uh, yeah. That was a that was a neato event, right? Yep. 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 And that, and that's another class I also run. It's a great group of guys. Uh, the Northeastern Timing Association organization, and the Northeast Timing organization is a group of guys. They run two different classes: the nostalgia and the comp class. And the comp class, I believe, is uh, nine seventy five and quicker. And uh, 975 and slower, I believe, is the uh, nostalgia class. And I haven't been involved with them for a couple of years, but all those guys, those guys, those guys brought me up into drag racing. Um, the original, uh, the original um, founder used to be the the club used to be called the Eastern States Timing Association, and uh, Robert Tiny Elgit uh, was the was the founder of that. And right now, the president of the um, the new club is Tony File, and I'm sure everybody knows who Tony File is. So you know, I mean, there's a, just just a bunch of great groups up here to be able to be a part of. You know, and these guys are the best of the best. I have to tell you, if you go to race race against those guys in that club, you better bring your A game because those guys are on it. As far as bracket racing goes, those guys taught me a lot. Oh, just just from seeing the evolution, and like I said, just by standing on the starting line with you and watching you hit that loud pedal, I, I and I sit there and I wonder, how does he drive this thing? This thing is gnarly, especially watching it from behind. Yeah, they actually, if you, if everybody, if anybody gets a chance, the ADRL has some really good video of us uh, running down that track, and honestly. It looks so fast when you look at it on that on that tape. It 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 looks like a, I don't know. I, I could say a fuel car, but it's not it's not as fast as a fuel car. But to me, I I'd love to sit in the stands and see my own car go down the track. And that was as close to doing that as I could get was to watch their video. I mean, it was just awesome. Well, I mean, saying that, but hey, you're in the stands. You're in the seat of it, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, down there, 
we won our best times ever. We won our, our first ever um, uh, sub-1 60-foot times were down there. We ran a 984 60-foot and a 991, I think, 60-foot. And we went a, a career best of 6.481 uh, seconds uh, at 209 miles an hour. Uh, our mile an hour was the best at uh, in a top dragster event. We were in a 6.52 at 215 miles an hour at ATCO, which is also an excellent premier northeast track. You know, when you uh, when you ran your best number uh, at the Rock, um, like I said, I was at work watching you, and when when I saw the lights come on, uh, I started clapping because I knew that it was probably one of your best runs ever. And um, I had people in the office turn around looking at me like, "What am I doing?" Um, well, and I was like, I, "I'm just watching my cousin on. Ra- he's racing." I'll be honest with you. When my wife came down in the golf cart to pick me up. And she told me that. I was like, no way, get out of here. That didn't happen. And she's like, she's like, it really did happen. And I was just jumping up and down. That was, it was so exciting. It, it really was because it, it, it just didn't feel like that fast. You, you know what's going on a good pass if it feels like you're driving Miss Daisy. You know, if, the, if you don't <laughs> got to steer a lot and that car doesn't get up and around, it's awesome. Well, that's you know. cool. I'm happy for you, and I'm glad you uh, jumped on the show. Um, Thank you, I'm Aaron. I'm going to run here. No problem. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron. You have a good no night. No problem, guys. You too, guys. I'll let you uh, wrap right, it Aaron, up. All right, Aaron. I'll and... talk to you soon. All right, Chris. Thanks. All right. You're welcome. Anytime, brother. So, with that, with that being said, um, obviously, we're counting down to 2018. What's it look like for you? Well... Honestly, I got some meetings set up with some guys. Um, it may be some match racing, might be some top dragster, it may be the same of what we all talked about all night tonight. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a whirlwind. I, I don't know what's going to. I don't know what we're going to decide to do. Um, I really, my heart is set on running with other top, uh, not well, top dragsters. Awesome, but I would really love to run with some more supercharged front engine dragsters. Um, it really it, it gets my heart pounding. Um, all these guys share the same passion, you know. And if we can get a big enough group of them together, it, it might be a good show year for us. Cool. You know, get that north get Very that cool. north versus south thing going. Because that you know way, we're, we're not I, we're, we're not. A, go ahead. Oh no! Just from a, my personal opinion, as as strictly from the fans' perspective, I truly think that would kick some major butts. I I think you're right, and you know we're because because of the um, because it, we would like I would like to see it with the center steer cars and, and involve alters also, um, but primi- primarily I would like to see uh, blown front engine dragsters, you know. Right. If you can get a couple fuel cars to come, that'd be great, you know. But uh, the alcohol cars, I mean, I'm, I'm a big alcohol guy. I'm not I'm not a big fuel guy because I I just can't afford it. I would love to, but I just can't afford. Um, right, but uh, the alcohol the alcohol is expensive enough for me. <laughs> well, very cool. Now, if people want to follow you on Facebook, Bad Boy what, Racing. What do they need to search? Bad Boy Racing. They need to, yep, Bad Boy Racing, or uh, Charlie Benson. I, I'm on both both okay. ways. 
Um, they can look on Facebook. Uh, my wife's pretty good about, actually, she's very good at uh, updating our Facebook page when we go to events. And um, there she usually puts on some videos and uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, at, at down, when we went down to Rockingham, she fed everybody else's crew. You know, I mean, we just had a good time. It was it was great. Um, cool. But but search but search yeah search it out on Bad Boy Racing and you'll see you'll see the picture of my uh, injector hat and my injector hat uh, says Bring It On on the three butterflies. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that. Now, I'll never take it off. The group, the other group that you were talking about, Northeast Fuelers, is that are they yep. on Facebook and stuff as well? Yes, they are. Northeast Fuelers are, is on Facebook also. Um, you can look them up uh, just by typing in uh, Northeast Fuelers, and you'll come up to – Jim is very good about posting a lot of things about what we're doing. Now, just remember the club is new, um, so, you know, this stuff This stuff is going to be posted from this year. Um, I'm sure he's – I know there's a lot of stuff on there now, but um, if somebody out there – has a blown alcohol front engine dragster, and they want to come run with us, by all means, please contact me, contact Jim Cummings, contact it through uh, Northeast Fuelers. You know, we want we want your participation. If you have one, you know, even if you don't think it's fast, you if it's reliable and it puts on a good show, bring it on down because we got to get these cars together because the only way to do this is with everybody's participation. Very cool. Uh, that's awesome. Well, like I said, I mean, I completely dig what you guys do, and I, I'm a huge fan of the, you know, the front engine supercharged dragsters. I absolutely love them because it's so cool to see, you know, the modern version of the original top fuel car out well, there I mean, still, it, you know, blowing I mean, people away. Sammy Dagar, he he has a beautiful car up in New England. That yep. that car is gorgeous, you know. And there's a couple more. That I mean, is. Cody Helger runs one. I mean, it 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 there's there's a bunch of them, but we just they all just have to come out, and we all have to get together with it. You know, you got Jim Blake yeah, up there I, with his altered. Yeah, I believe they just put Jim uh, Jimmy King's dragster in the or well, not just a few months ago, put that in the. Um, Museum up in Loudon. Yes, I believe they did. I, I that that I yep. heard. Um, I, I think that that did happen. Yeah, so. and that was that was a pretty cool car too. And a few years ago, they actually made a pass with that eleven on Valley. <laughs> yep. Yep. So if kinda, I remember, kinda, I think Ray did. Uh, Ray did a hell of a wheel stand and learned how he yeah, should have uh, yeah. adjusted was, the clutch a little bit better. Gonna, yeah, I wasn't going to mention that, but yeah, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> It's all part of the yeah. fun, though. It's well, all Charlie, I gotta fun, say, man. it's been a blast. It's been a blast talking to you. I like I said I totally dig what you guys are doing. Please keep me informed of uh, what goes on with this whole north-south thing, because I would love to be part of it in some fashion. Um, Thank it's you just very what much, I enjoy. Kid. I really appreciate you so, having us on the show. You know, and uh, I, I, no I can't say enough about all these front engine guys. They're all great people. You know, we just the clubs are coming. These tracks better be ready because we're coming. It's not. This is there's a revival coming, and and it's not going to stop. All right, Chris. 
And we just need Squiggy riding around with a caddy and the flags on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I missed that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Charlie. Well, th- again, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. And obviously, um, please keep me informed. I'd love to do something. All right, Chris. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys have a you're, good night. You're welcome. All right. You do the bye same, bye. Charlie. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Charlie Benson, driver of one of the most badass front engine, supercharged, alcohol-burning dragsters, runs top dragster, Pro 7.0, um, ran down at Dragstock. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. One of my favorite things, I love the nostalgia stuff. I really do. I've only been saying that for four years, right, Mike? Yeah, and you, you and me both, and <clears throat> I've talked before about, um, you know, our group, the Tri-State Stock Super Stock Association, um, twice a year competes in a nostalgia-themed event. They have, you know, the bracket classes have to be 1980 in order, and the racing is kind of set up like it was back in the day. You know, local to us, there's the UMTR, stick ship only, group and you know because back back in the day you know probably 85 90 percent of the cars were stick shipped and it's just so much fun and a friend of mine he's about 65 or so but he's the promoter and organizer of a group that runs a couple times at keystone that basically it's basically a combo class of comp modified stock and super stock from like pre-1972 rules and I haven't had a chance to get out there and see them yet but I was talking to him at the race at Keystone this past fall I said you know a race like this it's really I know you guys that lived it and were there for it but it kind of helps me that was not around for back in the day and stuff and you know, it's just really cool. I suppose I imagine it doesn't matter if you're 20 years old or 70 years old. It's, you know, you know, neither one of us are close to either of those numbers. But, you know, I enjoy it. You obviously enjoy it. And I'm looking at the stands during those races, a lot of other people apparently enjoy it too because the stands are full. The one, more than once, the different tracks that had them, they sold out of certain food in the concession stands because they sold so much because there were so many people. Now, obviously, a lot of people that are, you know, either want to see what it was like back in the day if they're not old enough, or for the people that were there back in the day to kind of relive their youth. So it's a great thing, and you look around the country, a lot of other events are, you know, catching on they're big and everything so definitely a very cool deal and you know we have a I meant to ask uh, Charlie about if he's familiar with or if he knows anybody in the the Southern Slingshot group they're all fun engine dragsters and not supercharged they're injected you know mechanical fuel injection stuff but I don't know where a lot of the people are from. They're called the Southern Slingshots, but to see if Charlie knows anybody that runs in that group. But they're 
right. those cars are pretty cool too. All of it's cool. And I know there's one group, and I believe the Carolinas that it has to be like to the T of how it was back in the day. You know what I'm saying? They have to be designed, built, look that way to look like a, a real, true, modern classic, I guess is the best way to put it. Well, it's like they even have two classes in NHRA comp- competition eliminator, A nostalgia dragster and B nostalgia dragster. It's alcohol. They have alcohol fuel, but they're mechanical fuel injected, funded in dragsters, power glide only, and so you know you have to ship the power glide yourself. And they're set up to be like the cars would have been back in say other than the power glide, but basically the cars from the outside, it looks like something out of 1965 instead of 2017. Right, right. Oh, cool. That was an awesome interview. Thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. All right, so what we're going to do, we'll take a little breaky-poo, and we will be back. Just like drag racing, it's all about having the power you need when you need it. It's the same for your business. You need power to keep the lights on and business humming. That's where Power Technologies Electrical Contractors comes in. Your single source electrical contractor for all your industrial, commercial, retail, and fire alarm needs. Proudly serving New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Maine, PowerTech has the staff and the equipment to get your project done on time and on budget. It's all about the power at Power Technologies Electrical Contractors. Call them at 603-898-4223. That's 603-898-4223. Or check them out online at powertechnh.com. Founded in 1959, S&W Performance Group is known worldwide as the leader in drag race chassis development and innovation. Their custom-built, award-winning S&W race cars are used by many of the leading NHRA and IHRA professional nostalgia and sportsman race teams. Their 27,000-square-foot headquarters houses a full line of affordable chassis kits, roll bars and roll cages, suspension parts, rollers to complete race cars, and much more. Specialized made-in-the-USA bolt-on products by S&W Race Parts, CamaroGuys.com and MustangGuys.com are used by do-it-yourselfers and professionals around the world. S&W Rod Parts are designed for use in custom cars, pro street cars, pro touring cars, street rods, and rat rods. Specialized components are also produced for off-road trucks and RVs. The commercial division, S&W Precision Specialties, provides water jet cutting, MIG and TIG welding, sheet metal forming, round or rectangular tube bending, and a full-service machine shop that includes custom-built trophies and awards. For more information, visit www.swracecars.com or call 800-523-3353. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
Cannonball. Hey, Chris, you there? Sorry, I hit the wrong button. Uh, all right. <clears throat> I have breaking news. We ha- we are now in the presence of future greatness. Uh, my friend Corey and his girlfriend Ashley celebrated the fifth birthday of their beautiful little girl, Lindsay. Uh, Mike, would you care to take a guess what young Lindsay received as a present for her fifth birthday. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say it has four wheels, four tires, and a Briggs and Stratton lawnmower motor. You win the prize. I just got. I'll. I'll, I'll send you a pen. Uh, yeah, they have got their baby girl, a junior dragster, um, Corey and his girlfriend, Ashley. They live up in Maine. Corey races Super Street. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. He's a really cool dude, uh, as is his lovely girlfriend, Ashley. Um, pretty soaked. They're going to be racing juniors. So they're going to have the Super Street car. They're going to have the junior going to be awesome. So we have another junior dragster driver entering the fray. So congratulations, Ashley. I just talked to mom and dad. They gave me permission to put the picture of her up. So I am going to do that right now. But I had to make breaking news. Uh, Hold on. Actually, you know what? I'm going to tell our mother we just sent out. Give me give me two seconds here. So, Mike, I will give you a topic. Talk amongst yourself. Hypergolic fuels and the use in modern rock, modern rocketry. Um, huh? Not sure if that's quite fast enough. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I was going to say, I'm looking at the entry list on NHRA um, for Epping. There is top sportsman and top dragster both going to be at Epping this year as well as Super Street. Alright, say that one more time because I totally was not listening to a thing you just said. I said I'm looking at the entry lists on NHRA that I look at when I read off you know, the quotas and entries. Uh, this year at Epping, they'll have top sportsmen and top dragster both. Super Street will be there. They have all the classes, the sportsman classes, but there's no post-stock motorcycle, top alcohol, or comp. But um, for the people up your way, there is going to be top sportsman and top dragster both at Epping this year. Excellent. Oh, good. Then the, the thing uh, on NHRA's website was incorrecto. So, all right. 
just one second. Do this. How come any other time is quarter? There we go. Newest junior dragster driver from the North East. Uh, I know, I should have done this while we were commercial, but, well, I didn't. So, that's okay. There. Alright, so cool. We're going to have Top Dragster. Awesome. There we go. That's... Thank you, sir. Good. That makes me happy because I was approached by a very wonderful gentleman by the name of Kenny Moses to do a live show featuring Top Dragster at Northern Dragway. So, we obviously will have the ability to do that. Um, we are going to be doing our fourth annual live show from um, Englishtown this summer. It's a national event. Um, spoke with Frank Aragona, and I asked him, I said, so what do you think about doing comp? And he said, I think that sounds like a great idea. What do we need to do to make it happen? And I said, well, we got time. So we're going to do a live show featuring comp at um, the Summer Nationals. I have to get together with uh, Ground Force One, Rob Jackson, and see what he's looking at doing this year, hoping to make a uh, return visit to the Gators. Um we kind of ran into some issues last year, and that's life. Um, the Gators' trip got squashed by Mother Nature and that freaking snow that she likes to throw at us. And his job got in the way a little bit um, for our U.S. Nationals trip. So that's the way it goes. It's all part of the fun. Tis... What it is, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing, obviously, entries are open uh, for the Winter Nationals, but there's already 11 total cars entered for the Winter Nationals, and that's still, you know, what, over, over two months away. So all the people that have the great points and are kind of antsy and want to get the season kicked off, I guess, you know, we got one in stock, five in super comp, three in super gas, one each in top sportsman and top dragster. So, you know, we just wrapped Wait, up. One of those four. happened to be, oops, sorry. I know I completely cut you off. Would one of those happen to be the birthday boy today? Let's see. Uh, the, the fabulous Fletcher. Has a is celebrating a birthday today? Oh yeah, I did. I did see that on Facebook. And the um, you know, funny thing is, after he got his hundredth national event win this past summer, now I believe he's up to a hundred and two. But somebody asked him in the post-race interview, "Hey Dan, did you ever think you'd win a hundred of these?" Dan looked at him and says, "I never thought I'd win one of these." And I was there the day he won, when he won his first ever race. And the people that have been around 
and followed stock, super stock, modified for years. When I first saw the car, Dan's father's car, the Checkmate, I thought he was part of the team from Michigan, Mike Keener, Paul McCure, and Mark Amarino. And I just wondered why the car was painted so different, not like theirs. Well, it's not part of the Michigan team Checkmate, but for um, for a guy that, you know, not to be, I didn't know who the heck he was when he won his first national event. Now, 101 wins later, you know, I'd say, you know, definitely no doubt a future Hall of Famer in drag racing. Oh, without a doubt. Hands down. Without a doubt. So, obviously, we're like two months away, two and a half months away from the beginning of the season. Do you want to uh, stick your neck out? Make a, maybe make a prediction a week until the first race? I don't know, Chris. I think you and I both know my track record at <laughs> making picks. <laughs> like, well, for the one year at Indy, the 60th Indy had very fast bump spots. But a lot of people went there because it was the 60th. I raced at the 50th Indy, and a lot of people were there that, I don't know, were have very often been there before or since. So I picked even a quicker bump spot for the following year, but a lot of people, the really go-fast guys, weren't there, so the bump spots were slower. But I've maybe made a correct prediction once. One out of ten, maybe two out of ten, I might get right on on the show. So... If you're asking me to stick my neck out, I have to ask, you know, well, stick my neck out on what first? But um, to follow up on something you said earlier, back from from 1999 to 2006, I was the webmaster for the Comp Eliminator racer board. Before Inside Comp Racing came out, I had the only website in the country that dedicated to competition eliminator and I kind of, we merged it. I merged it with uh Will Hanna's inside comp racing, but I'm pretty sure I still talk to quite a few people. I could probably definitely get you a couple people to be on your show for Epping. Yeah. Epping's going to be top dragster. Um, English town is going to be, um, comp. Oh, okay. So for English it's gonna be fun. Then, but... Yep. Yep. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, looking forward to it. It'd be kind of cool to. I. I mean, I talked with, you know, Kelly and Kelly and you know the, the my my Mid Atlantic team, and um, you know we set out some goals and eventually the goal for our for those shows is to get every class, and then we're really trying to perform a miracle and get um, some of the fuel guys to come down and have a BS session with some of the sportsman guys. See if, see if we can make, see if we can wave our little wand and make some magic happen. Well, you know, we would say, you know, quite a few racers currently in Nitro 
used to run top alcohol. Probably a few of them started out, you know, all the force girls started out in super comp before moving up to alcohol dragster, then moved up to a nitro class. So not too many people in the pro classes jump right into a pro class car. I think, you know, maybe Kurt Johnson was one, but, it's probably in the in the very small minority, but yeah, I've, I've always had a soft spot for Comp Eliminator. You know, you and I have talked about it quite a bit on the show. But back when I used to race, I'd go to the every year to Hershey for the Division One banquet, and there was a sports bar in the hotel. The place where the banquet is is great. It's a lot of things you don't even have to drive or go anywhere. You can walk indoors to get to it. And a lot of times for the banquet itself, the pregame and the postgame party or celebration, whatever, started at the um, the sports bar down there. And they used to have, you know, two-seater racing game, quarter, you know, put a quarter in the slot, a video game kind of thing. And I used to have a all the comp racers, I used to say, it's beat the webmaster challenge. You know, you play me at a game, if you can beat me, you know, I'll buy you a drink and vice versa and stuff. And you know, it was a lot of fun. So for English Town, I'm sure I can get some, quite a few comp racers that would want to volunteer if they're going to English Town to want to come on your show for you. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of, we have some some stuff going on. Um, we're gonna. I actually talked to Redman last week. He's going to be joining us after the first of the year. Um, Julie oh, Nataz, right. uh, top alcohol dragster racer um, from Norway, is going to be joining us. Um, January 17th. So it's starting to kind of put some stuff together and, uh, you know, get some things lined up. Um, next Wednesday night, we're, we're turning the reins over to, uh, it's going to be the Kelly and Kelly show next Wednesday night. Um, Kelly Kondratik, Kelly Barbado are going to have the uh, opportunity to have a discussion with Graham Light, the Chief Operating Officer of NHRA. Um, He'll be joining us. He's pushed aside about a half an hour to to come on and talk with us. I had the chance to talk with him um, and his his people out in uh, Glendora, and he's actually very excited to come on. And I've been kind of asking around, looking for questions, and Pleasantly surprised. I've only had to not print out two of them so far. <laughs> but uh, the girls are gonna. The girls have the con next Wednesday night. They're gonna be running the ship and doing the interview with him. Um, obviously, I'll be in the background just helping out. But they're gonna. They're gonna talk to Graham and do an interview with him. Um, but that'll be pretty cool because, you know, when 
what was it, about a month and a half or so ago when it was announced NHRA had a new president or something, and somebody said, well, the, you're putting somebody in charge that has never been, you know, he's never even been on a track, and that's stupid, But which I can kind of agree with. You know, I've always said that, you know, I don't know how it is off your way, but, you know, a lot of tracks I've known over the years, the guy that was either owner or track manager used to he or she themselves be a racer. And it was kind of, I always said, you know, like when we talked to Jacob Elrod a couple of weeks ago, I said it really helps being in Jacob's shoes, you know, having been a racer, him and Marco. So they kind of understand they have a hands-on knowledge of what a racer would want competing in their races and you know some people don't know this but back in the these and early 70s Graham White he ran top fuel back when we talked a little bit of, in a front engine car no less and uh, one of the other guys from higher ups at NHRA um, name uh, escapes me he was the runner up to Don Garlitz in Garlitz's first race with a rear engine, um, Olson. Can't remember his first name, but you know, people are, you know, maybe they haven't raced in quite a while, but they have kind of a first-hand knowledge because they were a racer at one time. And I know a lot of people said the way NHRA's gone the last ten years or so that Wally Parks is probably doing tornadoes in his grave and. I can't necessarily totally disagree with that, but, you know, it'd be nice to talk to somebody, you know, that is very high up in NHRA and maybe get a thing like we talked to Mike Dunn was about a year ago and, you know, get somebody that's high up to, you know, say what direction are you heading? What are you looking for? You know, just that. And I think it's pretty cool to have somebody like that on here. Well, I, the girls did the legwork on it, so the, the girls are going to be running that show. I'm just going to be hanging out providing support for them. But uh, so it's going to be the Kelly Kelly show next Wednesday night, talking to uh, Graham Light. So it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. So, And... Let's see, I think I don't actually have my calendar right here in front of me. I know it was shocker. Um let me go run out and grab my calendar real quick. So I'm trying we're gonna I got take one in front of usual, me Oh, I have everything written down. But you would think that I have the thing that I have everything written down in I would have sitting right next to me on my desk. But I don't Hopefully I brought it in. If not, it's in my car. Oh, there it is right there. So. I know. Me and my damn calendar. Exactly. I know it. I'm going to staple it to my forehead. <laughs> so. All right. I'm already at January we said we're going to have Julie Nataz joining us, Norwegian drag racer. 
Graham Light next Wednesday. Uh, the Wednesday after that, uh, we're going to have some special announcements coming from John Card Racing. And then 20th is going to be our last show of uh, 2017. We will be off until January 3rd when we kick off year number four. And they said we wouldn't last. So. Actually, it'll be year number five. That's a double check. Yeah. Well, 2014 we started, so 14, 15, 16, 17, and next year will be 2018. All right, so year five. Fine, be that way. <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like that long ago when... You and I did two test shows, you know, didn't even make the air, really, but doesn't really yeah. seem like that long ago. It, well, the one we did actually did make the air because that's when we got the phone call from the guy that won, what was 2,000 it? races yeah. or something like that. Yeah. If he really did win 2,000 races, he's probably sitting there saying, Dan Fletcher, Dan, Dan who? <laughs> who the hell is he? Now, maybe when you take somebody like a Steve Kinzer that runs World of Outlaws and something, somebody like him, yeah, he might have a thousand wins, but... Yeah, but when I they run 14 the races in a, in a week. Yeah. They come local to me sometimes and every time they do it's always on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and wasn't able to make it and I always said you know I we used to go to a dirt track near me somewhere around Newcastle PA and you know it was kind of fun but I was only at the time maybe four or five years old I don't know if I'd I'd anything I'd like to do you know do it once, like we talked about before, wide. You know, I wouldn't mind if I lived closer to Charlotte to go see it once because I know how. You know, I don't even know the phrase to use. The just the feeling of everything, what it's like when two cars leave. You need to double that. It's got to be just absolutely mind blowing. Right. Let's see. I'm going back. I'm going back in our history here. Let's see. Because I now I want to know. And it was funny because there's also shows that remember when we switched providers, and then we realized how bad of an idea that was, and we went back to. Um, blog talk because it seemed like every week for like a month we were getting booted off um, and then realized that this wasn't a bad idea so let's see yeah. 
January 16, 2014. So 14 to 15, 15 to 6, 14 to 15, 15 to 16, 16 to 17, 17 to 18. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Five years. Holy crap. Well, they say, you know, time flies when you're having fun, right? No shit. (laughs) God. And it has been a lot of fun. And like you said, you know, there was, I had a friend of mine, and I still talk to him and stuff. He didn't, he really honestly didn't think a show like ours would last that long. He said he didn't think there'd be a big enough audience to, he said, you know, and he, part of him, he was right. You know, most of the casual drag racing fans, they tune in to hear about and see Schumacher, Force, Greg Anderson, and stuff like that. They don't care about hearing, you know, about, you know, stock, super stock, super comp, super gas. But somebody like you and I, that's what you and I prefer over Nitro and stuff. And I said, I have respect for all racing regardless of class or where or when, you know, I don't care. But, you know, sportsman racing is, you know, it's my specifically stock and super stock. And I have a lot of friends that run dot 90 racing and bracket race and stuff. So this is really kind of in my wheelhouse. And I imagine pretty much it's in yours also. Yeah. And, I will offer one bit of advice. I know we have said this numerous times over the past few years that don't go to the racetrack and say, oh, those cars that come off the line and then they die suck. Get up, go down, and sit by the finish line and watch the chess game. Because my my wife, if she came in here, would tell you that she hated throttle stop racing until we went to the pig roast at Cecil this past summer and she went down to the top end with me and she actually sat there and she watched them and listened to them whomping on it, looking at each other, see who was going to drop first. And she came away with a whole new respect for it. So, we all know that people love to bag on throttle stop racing, but is it a starting line class? Hell no. Is it a top end class? You bet your ass it is. Well, back in the nineties, IHRAs and their sportsman coverage from Bristol when Bristol was an IHRA track, especially in a open cockpit car like Supercomp, you know, like a dragster. You can see them looking over. It looks like their head's on a swivel, just back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, looking, you know, womp, you know, trying to – it is definitely more of a top-end class to spectate. But, again, you know, most fans, they, I've heard a lot of people complain, oh, super calm's coming up. It's time for a hot dog and a bathroom break and stuff. But – to me, I guess, in a way, I don't consider somebody like that a true fan of racing. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I don't like the throttle stops. I'm kind of like everybody else, but I have a lot of friends 
that one super comp, super gas, super street, and I'm certainly never, never gonna, you know, bag on them for anything. And you know, her first race in an NHRA event was our very own Kelly Barbado. And on the show we talked about, we were her pit neighbor when her. I don't know if it was her car cover or a canopy, something blew off, and I had to go knock on the motorhome and have them come. I helped them tie it back down and stuff, but I really, it doesn't matter to me if it's what you race. I've said before, you know, it doesn't matter to me if you're John Force or if you're Joey Baggett Donuts making his first, second start ever in trophy or junior dragsters. You're racing. You're going down a track. You got my respect. Period. Yep. Kyle, I've already talked to the big boss. I'm gonna I'm gonna run the pie wagon a couple of times in the street next year. So I'll, I'll show you a picture of the pie wagon. Pie wagon's cool. It's like a 15 second panel van. It's like a 15 second panel van. It's pretty cool. No, it's not really a panel van, but <clears throat> I don't know if you saw the video it was posted on Facebook. Um, the junior drag racer that lost their life in that accident, they took their last pass was the hearse carrying the, their casket down the track. For, I'm not sure where it was. But they said it was her yeah, last pass yeah. ever. Yeah. Yep. And it's yep. just, that was in you know, birth. really makes you kind of, you know, realize, you know, something like that. You might, maybe something's tough in your life or whatever, but compared to a lot of other people, you really don't have it that bad. No, I mean, you know, I, I've talked about this numerous times on the show. You know, our son was diagnosed 26 weeks in utero with congenital heart defect, had open heart surgery at three days old. They performed life-saving surgery on something that was approximately the size of a quarter. Now, 14 years ago, uh, well, he's 14 years old now. So about 16, 17 years ago, if that had happened, they basically would have sent him home medication to make him comfortable and he'd die at home with us but modern medicine being what it is you know was able to come up with a solution to the problem and it's been successful you know I when it's time it's time much as you don't like it you know, whether you're three or you're 93. If it's time to go, it's time to go. And, um, you know, the object is to do everything that your heart desires in that time frame that you have. We don't take a whole hell of a lot too awful freaking serious because we know our life can change in a matter of minutes. <clears throat> and my, my deep moment for the night. Seven and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and then 
know, I made up my mind, you know, that I'm not going to change anything. I was diagnosed on a Thursday. And somebody stopped by on a Friday and asked me, you know, what were you going to do? I said, well, about 20 minutes I'm going to go fill up the pickup, stop in at the car wash and wash it, get some ice and pop and stuff for our trip this weekend. And he kind of looked at me. I said, my mom and I are going up to do two stock super stock races in Beaver Springs, Pennsylvania. And he kind of looked at me funny. I said, I'm not going to stop living, you know, doing what I'm doing when I can, how I can, whatever, just because of an illness. And I've always said, you know, for years I said, I have MS. MS doesn't have me. You know, and now the last couple of years, you know, it's slowed down a little. You know, it's starting to bother me more, but it's still the same. I'm still going to live. I'm still going to go out, you know, twice a week and feed the fish in our pond. I'm going to feed the birds and do stuff. And, you know, I'm going to do what I can when I can just because I'm not going to let this control me. So that's right. just the attitude I've had since the day I was diagnosed. And I said that was July 12th, 2010. I mean, slowly but surely, I'm starting to lose the use of my legs. I have major muscle problems in my legs. And, I mean, I still go, I go to the track, I walk a lot. Oh, boy, do I suffer for it. But it is what it is. I'm not going to let it stop me. Shit happens. That's the way it goes onward. But, like I said, enough deep thoughts for tonight. So, um, like I said, joining us next Wednesday, it's going to be the Kelly and Kelly Show. They're going to be talking to Graham Light. Um, the now COO of NHRA. Um, looking forward to it. Lots of people have submitted questions. Um, like I said, I've only had to not include probably two or three so far. Got another week to go. But uh, if anybody who's listening has a question um, they want us to ask, you can submit it to me, and I will make sure the girls get it. Um, I'll obviously be hanging out in the background. Um so that's that. Um, you know, thank you to Charlie Benson. That was an awesome interview. Love talking about nostalgia stuff. Love talking about um, front engine dragsters. I can't believe I said that like three times. Front wheel dragsters. The say front wheel drive. That's my department. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pass that off to Mike. Uh, talking about putting those big-ass slicks on the front of the dragster and the skinnies in the back. Um, so that's that. Um, again, I hope everybody had a great... Uh, oh, yeah, sneeze coming. Had a great Thanksgiving. Um, psycho season is slowly rearing its head. That's what I call Christmas. So that's when people go psycho. Hey, Chris. Because I'm one of those. I shop. I shop on the 23rd. <laughs> Have you had a whole lot of or any snow yet up your way? We had about two hours of snow, and that was it, and I'm very, very happy about that. 
Yeah, I remember but, you saying one year it, it didn't it didn't bother yeah. you because you were plowing snow at the time, so it was extra money for you if you did get snow. Yeah, but now now I could care less. Elijah wants wants it to snow every day because he does it now. <laughs> well, yeah, how old is Elijah? Fourteen. Well, he's fourteen. He. I'll tell you what. Fourteen years old. That boy mows like eight or ten um, lawns in the summer. Has anywhere from five to fifteen driveways in the winter time. Shovels decks. Uh, so we live in what is now a 55 and over community. Takes trash out for some people if they won't need it done and they can't get out. Um, and also is wants to get a real job at the local grocery store as a bag boy. So I think even as much crap as I give my kid, we're doing something right. But with that, yeah, I was going to say when I when I was his age, I would have loved snow every day because. We lived on a house that had a pretty good sized hill, so we could go. I go sled riding until it got dark. So, and remembering how I was when I was his age, I get it why he'd want snow all the time. And now with him, well, you know, shoveling stuff, it, he probably wants it for that reason. I I wanted snow every day, to, so we didn't have to go to school until I actually figured out that. You had to make those days up. Then I said, "No, I don't care. I don't. It can snow on the weekends, and that's it." <laughs> so, all right, guys, we are out of here. Thank you, Charlie Benson, for coming on, hanging out with us. Thank you, Aaron Williams, for not only setting up that interview, for hanging out with us too. Mike, thank you as always. And uh, would you do me a favor and close out tonight's show with those most famous words and Wheels Up Radio history? Well, I'm going to have to find some new words for the time of year. I always said, you know, good night, everyone. Thanks for listening, and good luck if you're racing anywhere this weekend. But unless you're down south, you're probably not racing in December. So for our southern and western friends, good luck. And for everybody else, have a great weekend. All right. Thank you, Mike. This concludes our broadcast day. Click. Click.